What is going on, everyone? Welcome to A Theology of Hustle. This is episode 37, and I'm talking to Yair. Uh, so I met Yair at a, a conference that I was running recently called Refresh Chicago. It's an adoptive foster care conference, but we ran it at a place called Wheaton Bible, which is a, a large church around me to you know kind of hold all the people. And it can be sort of awkward coming into a church and you know bringing in a whole conference and not sort of knowing who's going to be there, who you're going to be talking to, and Yair made it just so nice. He was incredible. We hit it off uh, instantly. And uh, I was like, I have got to get this guy on the podcast. Little did I know he had more depth than I could ever imagine. This episode is incredible. We talk uh, sound. Yes, we talk a lot of sound, but we also talk about his gospel story of, of coming to faith, uh, first uh, by his brother and then seeing his parents come to faith, his whole family getting saved. It is awesome. You are going to be so encouraged by this episode. So uh, Yair runs sound for uh, and, and all the tech for, for Wheaton Bible now. He's the interim technical director there. And part of the beauty of this episode and part of what I wanted to really bring to light is that sound guys are the most um, underappreciated people at the church, probably. Uh, there is not, there is nothing that you hear on a Sunday morning that does not pass through a sound guy's hands. And if a sound guy is noticed, it's because something went wrong. Like their job is to not be noticed. And so I just wanted to sort of share what what a sound guy does and, and just show you. And so we get into some of the nerdery of sound. I, I've run a little bit of sound in my day, so I know a little bit, but we get into the nerdery of it all. And I do that on purpose. And that's to show you just how much goes into making sound good and uh, hopefully help you appreciate what your sound guy does on a week in and week out basis. And not just at church, everywhere you go, anywhere there's amplification, there's a sound guy or girl behind all of that. And so we get into all that. Uh, but his story is incredible. His story of coming to faith. Um, this is a little different than I've ever done before, but I, uh, at our church, we've been preaching through a series called Explore God, which is just sort of the the basic, asking some basic questions. And this week on Sunday, I got to preach on, uh, is there a God? And so uh, I feel like with, with Yair's story of coming to faith and, and me having just sort of walked through that question a little bit on Sunday, that I'm going to go ahead and link that sermon in this episode so you can watch it. Uh, you know, maybe uh, here's something you never heard. If, if you're searching, maybe that's a great uh, outlet for you to, to start. You know, uh, if you're in the Chicagoland area, Explore God is at 900 churches in the Chicagoland area. So you're you're bound to find someone doing it. So I encourage you to check that out. Like always, I ask that right now you go ahead and rate and review me on iTunes. It just helps get the word out about a theology of hustle just so uh, more people can experience it and, uh, and just see what's going on here. Uh, make sure you share this episode. Let people know about Yair, what he's got going on. His freelance business is awesome and, and what he does at the church. Such good stuff. You're going to love this episode. Let me know what you think and enjoy this episode Yair, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. For two guys who do sound, this was complicated. So, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was a little. It's a little. Uh, 
a little weird to go through, but we got it going. We got it going. We got it going. Here we go. So, all right, man. Well, uh, let's just jump off here and just uh, have you introduce yourself uh, to everybody. Well, my name is Yair. I am the um, interim technical director at Wheaton Bible Church. And um, I also do audio on the side. Audio is my main thing. Um, I have a degree in post-production sound for films. Um, and uh, then been going everywhere. I've been in broadcasting, radio for four years, and then somehow I'm AV now. So yeah, that's <laughs> that's where I'm at now. <laughs> yeah, man, that's that's nuts. Okay, so let's go uh, back to the beginning and let's just sort of walk through um, your audio career. So how did you even like come up with getting into audio? How did all that go down? Well, it's interesting because I... I didn't really have like a calling or like any direction. I never, I was, I'm not a musician, so I never was into sound or anything. But then one time my mom came and a friend of hers, her son was going into the school that was going for um, game development. And because she saw that I was, you know, I like playing video games and all that stuff. She's like, Hey, maybe there's something that he can interest in him so that he can do or whatever. But then, and you know, we went to check out the school and I went in kind of in the focus of game development. Yeah, maybe, you know, uh, get into gaming, you know, do uh, create video games, whatever. Sweet. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. Cool. Yeah, cool. So we went, did the tour in the school and they showed us like the whole school. It was like, yeah, the yeah, name's cool, yeah. Tribeca Flashpoint. Uh, at least at the time, that's what it was. Now it, I think it's um, Tribeca College or something. So we went to a school and it's like uh, four disciplines within the same school. So it was um, recording arts, it's uh, game development, it's visual effects and film and broadcast. So uh, they give, you know, when you go and do the tour for the school, they give you the whole tour of everything. You know, even though you just go for one, they give you the whole thing. So when they did that, the thing that caught my eye was recording arts. So, you know, they went, they took us to the recording studios and they, this, these studios were like top notch. Like it's like they were, these studios you know kind of like you know yeah. so uh after we finished the tour i'm like oh yeah 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 that was pretty cool but can um can i get more information on that recording arts uh program kind of thing so um we ended up getting it and um and so i told my parents i'm like oh you know i liked it uh but i i want to go for sound and you know so my parents were like well are you sure like you don't know you, you know you don't know any music or you don't you don't know this stuff like how is that gonna go i'm like I'm just the type of guy. I'm like, dude, I'll I'll jump into it and I'll figure it out on the way, you know. So, ended up going to to school for it. It was a two year school at the time. Now it's four, I think, or something like that. So, ended up doing the whole uh, program. That I uh, graduated the top top of my class. I think I was a top ten or something like that. And uh, and just started doing audio after that. Man, I was just fell in love with it. Yeah, that's so yeah <laughs> crazy that's cool so uh so what were your first sort of jobs like when you uh got out of college well i i immediately um started serving in the sound at my church you know because the guys are there they were there for a long time one of them had a had experience in, in broadcasting as well a long time the other one just did the the sound for a while you know didn't really have a, any professional uh training on it so i started just kind of like put putting in place what I started, what I studied in school and everything. And everyone was like, Oh, you know, and I started seeing, I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm actually getting kind of good at this, you know? <laughs> so I ended up just being requested to do sound more and more and more and more because I was a little bit more trained than the other guys. And then uh, our church uh, split. So uh, those two guys ended up going where, with the other pastor that left. 
And then a friend of mine and I then kind of took over the sound and then I just took off from there. That was that's just immediately after college and then just started doing freelancing in the sense of whoever reached out to artists if they needed any recording or uh, friends that, that, that uh, were doing films and stuff. Then I was like, hey, you know, I'm a sound designer. I'm a mixer for films. I got, you know, I, I, I'll let me let me work on your project and kind of show it. And so I just started picking up things here and there until people started referring me. And then now it's grown into uh, my side jobs. <laughs> Yeah, that uh, that happens. I uh, I have that same issue happening yeah. in my life. So sweet. Okay, so I think for most people, they don't even realize that a sound designer is involved yeah. in a lot of things yeah, that yeah. you hear, right? So so talk a little bit about just what like what does a sound designer do? What do, you know? What would you do in in I don't know a podcast or an artist yeah. that you record or something well, like that. Well, for films mostly, it has ruined the way I view films now. Because when I go to a movie, I hear okay. everything. Because you know, I sorry to spoil it to everybody out there, but when you go to see a movie, everything's fake. Nothing's really what you're hearing in the screen. Like you know, all the dialogue is almost all of it has been re uh, recorded. Uh, sound effects are all like you know, uh, basically uh, made from scratch. It's not really what you're hearing. So. So to me, every time I go watch a film, I'm like, oh, that's that, oh, that, you know, there's a thing they call ADR, which is um, automatic dialogue replacement, where if uh, let's say they're recording a scene and um, the background was too noisy and you couldn't hear the, the, the dialogue. So they bring in the actors again into a studio and they re-record those lines like on a clearer word. That way they can mix it in and then oh. stuff like that. So that to me has killed it even more because then I'm like, Oh, that's ADR. Oh, that's ADR. So and then I can't focus on the film anymore because I'm hearing all the other stuff that, you know, I've well trained to do. So in that sense, as a sign designer to watch films, it killed my view and experience um, for podcasting. Um, that's one of the things that I love uh, to do, especially, you know, thank you for being in this podcast as well. But like, if I'm, if I'm listening to a podcast and then they're going into a certain thing, I'm, I'm like, in my mind, I'm already hearing like, okay, what if you bring in this sound here? Or what if you, you put this here or there? And, you know, you just start getting all the creative uh, juices flowing into that and just start like imagining different sounds of what you uh, are listening to, you know? So, and, and for everything else, it's, it's just that. It's just always keeping like your ear of, um, like if you hear a sound in the distance, oh, that's a cool sound. I can use that in, in this project or in this product. Or, in, you know, so it's it's just kind of like always, you know, kind of, trolling around in your mind and just keeping your ears open for for things to so it, it sucks you know why my wife hates it and it's like oh you know i was like when watching a movie she's like oh my gosh like please just stop like i just want to watch this you know <laughs> so i do feel for your wife there i can see yeah. that, you know? <laughs> that's yeah, cool yeah. i had never uh quite considered the creativity that goes behind all that sound design stuff yeah yeah I mean, that is that is fascinating. So you like you'll just be out and just get inspiration from just sounds that you you hear yeah. out about. Yeah, yeah. Like like if I'm going through a construction sound, uh, a construction zone or whatever, I'm hearing like jackhammers. I'm like, oh, that would be cool. Like if you know, there's a scene, and then do you do that? You can use that. You can pitch it down. Like um, it was funny. <laughs> I'm kind of like a rabbit trail here, but I once uh, I love for rabbit a, trails. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> once um uh, for a school project, uh, our final, we had to take like a trailer or uh, a YouTube video or something and like completely take all the sound out of it and had to recreate everything. So my friend and I ended up uh, redoing the sound of uh, the Dark Knight, the trailer. 
So and wow, yeah, cool. it was fun. It was fun. It's one of the one of the things I'm most proud of. Um, I'll send you a link so that you can yeah, uh, post yeah. it or something. Um, yeah, for sure. But one of the one of the things was Batman's car like kind of explodes through a wall or something, and to like we we was like oh we need something like growling or something. So we ended up using a lion growl for that part, and it's like we pitched it down to a way where like wait oh, what the, a lion or something, and then we use like a whale sound and somewhere else, and it just fits you know it's just like being able to use different sounds that you would never be able to hear that, but then it works you know, <laughs> so that's the beauty what? of sound man. You can shape things into anything that you want. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. I, wow. That's cool. I, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. This is a whole, a whole like rabbit trail for me too. <laughs> like, uh, I, I could see how you could get, uh, way into all this stuff. That's yeah. really cool. It's cool. It, it really, it really, uh, helps if, you know, if you're trying to be creative and, you know, or wanting to explore your creativity, sound is the way to go, man. Cause you can do a lot of things. Sky's the limit. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's pretty cool. Interesting. Okay, so what sort of tools do you use for all that stuff then? Um, well, you have softwares now that are some of them that are free. I mean, you can now they have the uh, Pro Tools first. Uh, Pro Tools is one of the the main uh, industry standard uh, DAW. They call it the digital workstations uh, to manipulate all that to record and to edit and do it and mix and stuff like that. And just mics, man. We we get shotgun mics out there and just start banging on things. And oh, okay, yeah, that sounds cool. Okay, and then just you know start recording whatever you hear. It's funny though, because like, have you ever seen like when you're in the golf or whatever, and you see a guy that's like carrying looks like a like a like a pet or something for wind. Yeah. So it's it's a mic that's yeah, yeah, covered yeah, in yeah, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, so yeah, basically, yeah. you use it kind of the same thing to go out there and record and kind of get it the clearer type thing and. And stuff like that, and uh, Zoom recorders. Uh, you get those portable recorders where you just plug everything yeah. in there with a SD card and just go out there and start capturing sounds. And then when you come in and put it all together, and that's that's where it comes through. So do you have like <laughs> libraries full of sounds like laying around? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I yeah, I have like a hard drive of full of different sounds that I've used in the past and other projects that I've done in school or projects that I've uh, done for my freelance. Um, there's like, oh yeah, that sound was pretty cool. And then I just save it and put it in my, in my library so that I can, you know, if I, if something else comes out, I'm like, oh, I got this type of sound and then just pull it out and use it. And it, it gets, it gets a little expensive because then, you know, you start getting uh, filled hard drives and now you got to buy more and more and more, but it, it's fun though. <laughs> yeah. That's the modern problem, isn't it? There's never enough yeah, terabytes right. or whatever. Right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. They got to invent the next one. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I think I actually saw it's like a petabyte or something. Petabyte. Yeah. yeah. I, think I heard that too. Yeah. It's like a thousand terabytes or something or mm-hmm. yeah, something insane, but yeah. Uh, so, okay. So uh, after you did the church, you spent, you said you spent time in radio. Yeah, I was, um, I did four years in, in, in radio. It was at Moody radio. I worked there oh, nice. for four years. Okay. I was, I was in the Spanish side. It was interesting enough when I was doing the church stuff, um, uh, I was volunteering sound and stuff like that. And one of our pastors was a, uh, a host at, a, at, at Moody Radio. Hmm. And so he started seeing that I was getting interested in, in, in all that stuff. And he was like, hey, do you want to come by, you know, be in the radio, kind of help me out a little bit because he was kind of doing everything himself. And I was like, sure, I'll, you know, I'll go check it out. So we would go Saturdays. It was when his program was there. So he was live every time. And so... I started going just to checking it out, and then it turned into me just being his engineer then afterwards, and then it turned into me getting an internship there later on. And then after that, there was, because the Spanish uh, 
ministry that they had, it was just, uh, it was coming up again because it was first like it was every day, and then they they stopped it, and then it became like just weekends, and then they started like uh, building money more towards it to invest in a more Spanish one again. So it was starting up again, and so th then they approached me like, well, you know, um, we would love to have you here, but we starting up again, and we don't have a position for you, but. Um, just stick around. We still like to, to keep you to be in the loop and type of thing. So I was, I ended up getting a job at a, at a post-production studio in, uh, in Chicago doing all their other stuff. But then after a year, they're like, Hey, you know, we've something opened up, come on by and, and, uh, we'd love to have you. And then I ended up going over there and spent four years there. And I was a broadcast engineer for, uh, for live show. Uh, it was like at noon. It was, a, it was a national uh, radio program that was uh, happening, and I was a producer there too, so I, I would do a lot of uh, podcasting. I would do, uh, you know, and that's where I, I was able to use my sound design type thing or just, you know, building soundscapes and stuff for different programs that we had and radio dramas and all that stuff. That is really cool. Yeah. Uh, so what does what does an engineer do on a radio station? I honestly have no yeah. idea. Well, it, 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 it depends if you're on a local radio. I mean, it's basically like if you have a, a host like us right now, like we would have an engineer checking the levels of, of the voice, checking the feed that we're getting to the to the host and to the guest, making sure that everything's going to uh, to the transmitter that's going to out into the FM signal and stuff like that, making sure the recorders are going. So it's basically a person so that uh, whoever's hosting and doesn't have to worry about the technicalities. That's why you have someone that's really dealing all that stuff, that engineering part of like, making sure the mics are good make sure the, they're not distorting. They're not like too low or too high that there, that there's clean signal going and then the signal is being dispersed everywhere else. That's basically what an engineer gotcha. does for a live show. Okay. So that's what I need to take around with me from now on. Right? <laughs> yeah. Up all this, yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Get yourself stuff. an engineer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's uh that's gotta be cheap. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is cool stuff. So I guess maybe switching gears here a little bit, mm -hmm. did you always kind of grow up in the church? Was that, was church just sort of always a, cause church is sort of like had this, it shaped your career in a lot of ways. It did, right? um, but no, I didn't. I uh, I was uh, born and raised Catholic uh, up until when I was twenty one. Oh, really? Uh, twenty one to twenty two. Yeah. So I basically started my audio career when I converted, which is pretty interesting. That is really okay. You yeah. got to We got to Yeah. Gotta... So <laughs> it was interesting because um, you know I, w I wasn't a believer. I was a Catholic, and you know, living a very worldly life didn't really have a purpose in life at all. Like I just living, just like, you know, people, my parents would always ask me like, so what did you want to do when you grew up? I was like, well, you know, I don't know, whatever. I don't know. Like I never knew. I just wanted to just play soccer and be with my friends and not go to school. I hated going to school. I was never good at, at school, which was another interesting thing though. After I converted and then I went into the audio, I ended up graduating top of my class. I was always a D C D F average kind of student mm. before you know, yeah. so that's like um, that was a, a different thing of when I went to, to to audio, it just it just took off for me, and then I was like, oh, maybe you know, maybe this is this could be a future kind of thing, you know. So, huh. how did all that go down then? Well, it started with my brother. Um, I have one brother. He's three and a half years older than me. He was always kind of like my role model. Uh, my parents already made it like you know for him to be kind of the example for me, kind of thing. So he was always uh, the guy that got into weird things all the time. 
<laughs> so like him going into you know being com- converted it was through a girlfriend that he had at the time like his her family were christians but she wasn't uh, at the time because obviously that's how she met my brother <laughs> and then um you know she my brother went to meet her family uh they they were in uh in new jersey or something like that and then and right over there, his girlfriend at the time's a cousin was uh, starting to be a pastor and stuff like that. So he just one day they went on to like a Six Flags or over there. That's kind of kind of like a theme park over there. And this guy just started like, you know, witnessing to my brother, started asking questions, just started talking to him and stuff like that. And so my brother converts when he comes back. Like I started noticing something different on him. And I'm like, I'm like, who are you? And what have you done with my brother? Where is he? I want him back, you know? Um <laughs> Uh, so I, I just, I took it on a negative way. Like when he converted, you know, I was just like, well, what are you, what are you doing? You know, why are you being this way? Why, what, what have you got yourself into now? You know, cause we always were like, you know, he's the, the guy that always uh, gets into weird things. So, so then he converts and then, uh, so he starts, you know, starting trying to, uh, to witness to me. And, and at the time, like, I didn't really realize now I look back and I'm like, man, like, I was like kind of depressed, but then no, I was depressed kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was just living a life that was like, eh, no purpose, no nothing. Like if I wake up fine, if I don't wake up, it's good. You know, it's like, to me, I don't have anything to wake up to kind of thing. So my brother was very big into like trying to witness to me to kind of like talk about like hell and like, you know, when you, when you die, where are you going to go? And, you know, trying to put fear in me. And I was just like, dude, like, Okay, if it happens, it happens. You know, I would to me it wasn't like a big, you know, oh gosh, where am I gonna go? No, I'm like, dude, okay, what if I die, I die, you know. Um, so interesting enough, the same cousin, uh, like six months later, you know, after all this, like I started, you know, getting into fights bigger with my brother. Um, started like kind of like uh like pushing him away. I you know, I I used to make fun of him. I used to come, oh, get out of here, you little pastor. You know, I was just always like very attacking him very bad, you know. Um, it was just my way of kind of being like, dude, like, no, this is not the brother I'm used to kind of thing, you know. So six months later, interestingly enough, the cousin that uh, that witnessed to him came to Chicago and kind of meet us kind of thing. And he um, wanted because he, he, I guess he was wanting to move and kind of wanted to check out our church and stuff like that. So one time, like I just went to, to on a Sunday with them to church and I was just sitting there and just saying, you know, well, you know, this is church. OK, cool. But then we ended up going to Chicago and downtown Chicago to, to you know, sightsee and everything. And then later at night, um, we were all hanging out, just watching a movie. And this guy just starts asking me questions, you know, just sits right next to me, just nonchalant. Just like, hey, so what do you think of service? And I was like, oh, you know, it was cool. You know, like, it's not for me, but, you know, it's cool. And just starts, you know, just starts talking to me, just, just telling me, hey, you know, well, um, you know that God, you know, God loves you. And, you know, Jesus died for you. And, and just starts just starts going, man. And just deep inside me, that's like what I needed to hear. Like I needed to to hear that like someone loves me you know kind of thing which is ironic because in i come from a family that my parents and my brother and I, we're all very close like we're very affectionate with each other like there's you know we love each other all the time like we're not like a dysfunctional type of family or anything so but i was still lacking something some deeper type of love you know that when this guy just started telling me, you know, well, you got, you know, this guy that, you know, died for you and it's just because he loves you because God made you in his image and just started like, you know, just kind of just talking to me. And then later that night, I ended up uh, accepting the Lord as my Lord and Savior that day. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy, man. It's that just is like nuts. Yeah. Like you can make a whole movie, dude, with just my, <laughs> with my conversion. It's hilarious. <laughs> Gosh, that is, that is really cool. And yeah. 
all because yeah with your brother and uh, yeah so it, it's it's funny how the lord just it, before even before and after how he just used my brother as as a key example of of for me you know so it was it was, it was pretty pretty neat to see now i look back and i'm like okay i see what you did there you know kind of thing <laughs> yeah yeah it's right cool. it was like uh god god was ready for you yeah definitely definitely uh, um and then I think that's so crazy because it was that how how long till you like went to uh, Flashpoint, um, like went to, went to tour and all that stuff. Yeah, so it was a year later actually. Okay. So that whole year I was just you know kind of getting plugged in. Even that's when I started getting plugged in at church. I started uh, uh, attending more and just seeing all this stuff. And that's when I started serving in the in the tech department. So I started doing like video directing or lyrics. And I started doing like stage managing, like, you know, all the other stuff, but not sound because I was like, oh, man, you know, sounds kind of like, you know, some people are like, oh, that's intimidating. You know, you get a whole console and you got to do the whole thing. And so for me, it was like, oh, it looks interesting, but, you know, I'm not I'm not going to get there yet, you know. But then it's like literally a year later, I I my mom comes in. He's like, oh, look at this school. I'm like, yeah, let's go check it out. And that's when, you know, we ended up going to the tour and then ended up being like, oh, but, you know, about that sound thing, you know, I, I kind of that interests me a little bit. And we ended up going there and, and did it. And then I went into the whole sound thing. And that's when our church split. So it's basically going back to the story I was telling earlier. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Uh, literally a year into me being a Christian and being at church, um, that's when the church split. And then that's I was already going to school for audio. And that's when I ended up just having to step up and take ownership and leadership on, on the sound uh, department. Now it's been, uh, I think next month will be nine years of that happening. Wow. Yeah. Like that is just, it's mind boggling to me. I don't know. You feel like, I don't know. I always feel like when people talk about their careers, it's like, man, I kind of always wanted to do such and such or whatever, you know, like I kind of, I've always saw that I was good at this, Mm -hmm. but like your story. And I think there's a lot of stories like that is like all, I mean, just like one little thing and, and it just takes off your life. Yeah. It's so cool. And it's so cool in your story, how God saving you, Mm and showing you your future like happened at the same time yeah you know yeah 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 it was it like i said it was interesting because my career started as soon as i became a believer it was it's, it's just interesting you know and 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 then my parents weren't believers after that and after their them seeing what the lord was doing in my life then they came to the lord because of that because they knew how i was before and it was just like my mom likes to describe it as i'm like the the like a phoenix uh, bird, you know, the, the one that uh, reburns yeah. from its ashes. She says yeah. that, that I'm like the prime example of that because I was like literally dead. I was dead, like, you know, before. And then it, the Lord came and rescued me and it was just like, boom, like rebirth. The whole, my whole life took off, you know, and, and now married two kids. And it's just like, I look back and I'm like, man, like I, none of this would have ever been happened. or would never been able to, to happen, you know, if it wasn't for for that if it wasn't for god alone so man that is such a cool story dude <laughs> thanks man yeah thanks it's awesome we didn't get into all this when we were uh when we were hanging out for the conference you know there's yeah there. that's good stuff. well i'm glad i'm glad you got your podcast so we were able exactly. to get it you know, out it works you know? out it works out <laughs> yeah, for sure definitely. it's good stuff um okay let's talk uh church let's talk sound guy stuff yeah. All right. So we've uh we've gone back and forth a little bit on Instagram just about like sound guys, right? And yeah, yeah, um yeah. I don't think there's anything sort of like being a sound guy. I don't know if you have this experience, but anytime I go to another church and like 
Mm -hmm. you're around another sound guy it's like you're on the same wavelength almost instantaneously Mm -hmm. right like you get each other right Mm -hmm. so can you talk just a little bit about being a a technical director but you know the sound guy, technical director yeah it's it's interesting we 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 know um the things we go through especially like for me when i go to other churches the same the same kind of thing of the film thing with the sound so i go to other churches and i start seeing things i'm like oh okay yeah you know so i can't it's hard for me to really pay attention in a service if it's not in my church because you know i'm my eyes and my my whole thing is already going there you actually pay attention at your church even Sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like if everything is going, if yeah. everything's going right, then I just, I'm like, okay, fine. I have nothing to worry about. Now <laughs> I can pay attention. Right. Uh, but other than that, no. <laughs> um, it's funny because um, every time like I have like a Sunday off or I take off for a vacation or whatever, we always have to end up going somewhere else because if we go to our church, I, I have ushers coming. It's like, oh, we need this. Oh, and then I have like people coming like, hey, can you help out with this? Okay. And I just, my wife just is just like, all right, just go, just go. Just, you know, I just can't take a day off. <laughs> so in the sense, some guys like that, it's, it's that. It's, it's um, you got to be able to train your volunteers well enough so that you can kind of step out a little bit. Because if you're the guy, man, it'll suck you up. <laughs> it will. Yeah. In a good way. In yeah. a good way, in a sense. Because, you know, if you enjoy doing it, like me, I, I love like mixing for, um, for services. I love mixing music. I love mixing like service, you know, maybe because I'm a control freak and it kind of being a sign guy, you have to be, you know, a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You have to control, be able to control everything. Cause otherwise one little mistake and just, you know, everybody, you always, you know, every sound guy, if they're listening, you all know this when you hear feedback or they hear something, you always get the little, the little turn, you know, towards the <laughs> sound booth. Oh man. Every, every time I see people doing that, man, that always gets me. I'm just like, why? Why? Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, yes, I meant I'm to human. Do that. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> I'm human too. I make mistakes, you know? <laughs> um, which is interesting because to really, to really nail down what a sound guy is, I have, I have a sweatshirt that says I'm the sound guy. No one knows. No one notices what I do until I don't do it. That's right. And it just, it just, that's, it's a perfect description for a sound guy. Like if you don't notice anything, like the sound guy did his job, like, you know, no distractions, nothing. You were able to hear everything. Boom. That was perfect. Right. But if you start hearing things here and there, then you start getting those like little head turns towards the sound booth. I was like, what is this guy doing? Does he know what he's doing? What's going on? You know, type of thing. So it definitely takes a very... Uh, interesting character type of guy to be a sound guy <laughs> to go through I all that. I would totally agree with that. Yeah. I would totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, people like literally have no idea that you're, you're back there. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like all this stuff happens magically and they don't yeah. think about it. Yeah. And it's never like, unless you're, you've run sound in the past, it's never like, Oh man, today sounded really, really good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's only like the bad. Yeah, right? it's always, and and it's it's like everybody always knows like knew, knows how to do your job unless they're up there. For me, like it came to a point one time, and I was like, I kept getting people when they were leaving, they're like, oh, you know, uh, I was hearing this there around this time. You know, you were you were feeding back at like you know, let's say it's 500, 600 hertz uh, there. I'm like, oh, you know, thank you. Yeah, we got taken care of. Or sometimes they were like, oh, you know, the microphone was popping at this. And so it just kept coming back. So I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, and so I like one time I just got fed up and I was like, 
well, um, can you come next week to a rehearsal? Why don't you, why don't you jump on the console? You know, I, I would love to train you if you want to be. So one of them actually like, oh, yeah, yeah. So he came in. And I'm like, all right, well, there's a console. These are your inputs. These are your outputs. This is how you mix it. This is boom, boom. He stood there and he froze. And he was just like, he just turned around and he's like, I have a newfound respect for you guys. I was like, exactly. <laughs> it's not as easy as you think. You know, it's it's not just pushing faders up and down, man. It's it's a whole lot more to it, you know than that so yeah yeah let's talk a little bit about that because i think people have literally no clue Mm -hmm. i mean because even even the difference between my church and our board Mm -hmm. right we're 16 channels you know uh it's pretty basic Mm -hmm. right you're running a whole different deal so on any given day let's just say you're mixing Mm -hmm. we're not even like two like running video and all of that stuff let's just say you're just mixing Mm -hmm. what are the components that you're looking for as you're sort of mixing on a on a console well it depends i mean if, if on a service is just mixing and you got a worship band you got to know wh- wh- how many pieces in the worship band if you have five musicians with drums plus vocalists let's say five four or five vocalists you're already looking at uh like almost almost 30 channels on just the worship band alone because you have, you know, you you can have up to twelve mics on a on a on a drum kit if you really want. You run? Do y'all run twelve microphones on your drum uh, kit? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Because we do <laughs> we do a whole bay of eight plus two for the overheads. Because we do two in the kick, two in the snares. Then we have the hi hats. Then we have the three toms plus the two uh, on the top. So I think it's like about twelve channels on just the drum kits alone. That is so many yeah. microphones. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of like if you have the inputs, you know, might as well. But <laughs> and also like that is and true. also like our drummers are kind of like, oh, I, you know, I have this sound. This is my sound kind of thing. And, you know, they they oh, it's not beefy enough. So you just got to start adding a little things here and there. Just like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's perfect. You know, so it's it's just two two mics on the snare, one on the top, one on the bottom to get the, the snares and the top one to get the attack, the body of it. They kick the same to get a little more boom into it. And so, yeah, it, it's just 12 mics on that. Plus you got a bass, plus you got two electric guitars, plus you got keys that it's, you know, you have your, your keyboard, the electric keyboard, and then you got your pads. That's yeah. four channels there. Then you got an acoustic guitar. And then if you have two vocalists doing acoustic guitars, then that's two different inputs plus four vocals. So like I said, it's, it's just literally like almost, you know, 30 channels on just the worship alone, plus the speech mics. Like if you have announcements, if you have the preacher, if you have... Um, like uh, whoever comes up and does another announcement or scripture reading, like that's already almost like, you know, your whole board of 48 channels that you have to, you have to already use. Um, so it's, it's a lot of, a lot of moving parts that you have to, to really maneuver, you know, and, and transitions from right. one thing to another. And then, you know, being able to, to go from worship into someone speaking into then video playback, that's another input coming in. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're showing right. any right. type of video and they want to sign, they want to hear that. And, and that's just in the worship alone. So then after that, then you have to worry about, you know, cry rooms. So that's a feed out, out of the same board into cry rooms. Uh, you know, if there's uh, mothers that are with kids and kids get a little unsettling and they're crying and you don't want them to kind of be disturbing in the sanctuary. So we have a cry room out there. So they have a TV, they have a video feed, then they have the sound feed. And then, you know, then you have a live stream, then you got to send a different feed. So it's just way too many things that happen on a regular basis well that's a lot and even on the even on the console you're not just like adjusting the loudness of each individual instrument right i mean you're dealing with like 
EQ. Can you talk about yeah. EQ a little bit? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, and that's what I tell like people all the time. Like you know, um, it, for me, it, it has helped the sense of coming back, coming from a recording background, like recording music background, where uh, we're used to um, kind of manipulate sounds to to a way that you want, like you have to a certain sound that we have. Like to me, like my drums, the way I like them to make mix, like it's because I have a sound of it because I come from from recording. But you know, in a console, yeah, you have the three most important things that I I can think of, or that I like to to approach every time I approach a console is gain staging. You have to have good gain stage. You know, I always tell my musicians when the the uh, amplifying the sound, basically. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. So uh, I just want to. Um, I I know yeah, yeah. super nerdy and I love it. I just don't want to like. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, yeah. So gain staging is basically um, uh, how much input you're coming in from the source. So you start basically is what's the source? What are you trying to amplify? So let's say a vocal. So you get a, a, a you get a singer with a microphone in front of her. And be like, okay, can you sing for me a little bit? You know, and you kind of can. Can you get into the chorus kind of high part so that I can um, adjust my my preamp to gain enough so that when you get that high, I'm not clipping or I'm not like distorting my sound into the mic. Sound starts, yeah, right. Or popping, it is like, you know, that kind of weird that sometimes you get it, and that's when they turn back to the sound guys. Like, what are you doing there, man? My game stage is my bad. Yeah, my game stage, man. You know, so. That's one of the main things. It's just being able to have a healthy, and then we call it, it's a healthy gain stage. It's being able to get enough input into the console so that we can manipulate the sound and send it wherever we need it to send. Second thing is compression, uh, being able to manipulate and know what compression is. So if you have a signal that's coming in too hot, too too loud, yeah. and uh, with a compressor, what you do is you basically take the loudest part of the signal and then the, the, the softest part of the signal, and you just what it what it basically says you compress it you pancake it a little bit to kind of you know um bring it closer to the levels those two levels to bring them closer to each other so that um you're not you're not uh distorting and then you're not too quiet so that you can kind of get a more leveled sound yeah and compression Um, sounds like that's that's crazy like that doesn't make any difference but compression like can make all the difference oh yeah Yeah, if you know how to use it, it, it it's your biggest is your biggest tool or your worst enemy. Uh, if you don't know how to use it, you can kill the sound yeah. like no other in a matter of seconds. So, well, because you have the podcast, right? Like I compress everything that comes out of a microphone, basically. Mm-hmm. Podcast. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. everywhere, right? Yeah, compression. You know, with sound, if you don't have compression. It, I'm sorry, but you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> so um, compression, EQ are the two biggest things, even with, with music recording and music mixing. Those are the two very fundamental things that you that, that a sound person really needs to grasp because you will you will use it and you will um, they will help you get the, the sound that you really want. And that's with everything. That's just not only sound at church, not only sound broadcast. You would use it a lot. Podcasting sound designing everything compression eq it's your biggest uh your biggest allies um, so, so talk just briefly about mm-hmm. equalization i know you could probably like teach a seminar on that, <laughs> but well, what e- is a what do you do eq um so you you in a, you have different types of eq you have a parametric eq and then you have a um graphic eq so you have okay, a parametric right. graphic graphic eq it gives you uh just a certain types of 
frequencies, like kind of preset frequencies that you can't like move. Like you, you only have like 60 hertz, 315. Like it just gives you those frequencies that you can manipulate. That's that's the, that type of EQ is helpful for when you have feedback. So and uh, so when you're hearing something and it's it's taking off that, you know, and that's kind of like oh that that was around like 300, 400, whatever. You go to where that's close and bring it down. And it kind of gives you those kind of presets, what I like to call them, those presets of, of frequencies. Uh, parametric EQ gives you a little bit more flexibility where you can kind of sweep it from uh, lowest to highest and kind of try to find the frequency that you're looking for and to shape a sound. So I like using parametrics on when I'm mixing, uh, like, a, like if I'm hearing a, a guitar, like a bass guitar, it's playing. And it's sounding like groove and sounding cool. But then all of a sudden you start hearing kind of, it sounds like, like kind of muddle. You know, so with a graphic EQ, you go to like the low, low mids kind of, and right. then I kind of bring it up just so I can see if it sounds more like at, at a point where a frequency starts sounding a lot more than that. And that's where, you know, that's the frequency that's kind of, and then just bring it down and you start right. shaping the sound to the way you want it to sound. And that I, I get that because I, from, from recording, uh, from the recording world, we do that a lot in live. Uh, I've, I've come up about with some guys that they don't like to they like to keep things flat uh because they just worry about like okay there's no feedback okay fine then it's good to go and i'm just like well no i mean you you have some muddiness you have some things that are sounding a little nasally take those out you know yeah. you know it's, like, well, it's your job to make that band sound as good as possible yeah right? exactly so so then but it's also like being able to like train your ear to to know what you want and then being able to, because yeah. you know, it's like everything with EQ. Like you can easily kill a sound too if you over EQ or you over compress and everything. So you kind of have to right. be very gentle, very subtle with the moves that you do. Like no, I like to think of like no more than a boost or a cut in an EQ or a certain frequency, no more than three decibels. Because if you start, if you start to to cut more than that, then I would go back to the miking. Like if you go to your kick drum and your kick drum sounding very, very like boxy and you have, you're mm. cutting out like, like 10 decibels on that. Okay. Go back to the kick drum and adjust your mic to an, an, a different position to see if you, if that kills that other sound that you're getting. So it's, it, you know, it's sound is, it's mic position, it's gain staging, compression, and EQ, man. Those four things are, will be your biggest allies when it comes to running sound. So complicated. I mean, I think people, <laughs> what just happened basically and all of that happens before you um before sunday yeah before sunday and then you haven't even put effects in right yeah no no like we you haven't even reverb and yeah exactly you haven't even uh gone into eq or into reverb to kind of give a little more space into it that's just basically getting a that's what um it's very important to have a good sound uh a good sound check you know, that's where you start doing all that stuff. You know, you start getting your drummer. Okay, give me a kick. Okay. Then you start shaping arm oh, here and that. Okay, take it out. Compress it. Make it sound even. Uh, so just don't make it sound like it's kind of moving in your face. Make it sound nice and put it in a place and then just let it go and just keep moving. Keep moving forward. Just shape basically the sound of the whole thing. And then if you have time, then you can start adding some uh, reverb and delay and choruses and go nuts, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh people need to like love their sound guy right i think yeah 
moral of the story. Yeah, right? basically, man. You know, you treat us treat us good, otherwise we won't make you sound, man. We won't put you up in the house. <laughs> That's what the musicians, right? You're like you cross me, musicians. And, yeah, uh, you're yeah. in trouble. The other day, you have a lot of control. I yeah, mean, you really, you know. Yeah, it's 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 a control thing. I mean, and that's one of the things that what I'm saying. I'm a control freak, and that's why I love being a song guy because I'm like, you know, you can you can really make them sound very good. They could be yeah. the best musician in the world, but you can kill their sound by just you know yeah. not shaping it the way they should. And it's 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 a lot of a lot of moving parts, but it's cool, man. That's that's what I love about yeah. it. <laughs> Awesome. So everybody should buy their sound guy a Christmas present. Definitely. Definitely. I, I was joking around the other day. Uh, they were making fun of me and I was like, oh, I was just looking at them. I'm like, oh, do you want to be heard on Sunday? You want to be heard on Sunday? All right. Take take good care of me. <laughs> no, yeah, just, just no. no. I, I control all of this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I don't, but I don't want to uh, not talk about your freelance because you have a business, right? Like yeah. Doing this stuff addition to your to your duty so can you just talk a little bit about um your business and all yeah well my my business is called vrg studios um you have i have a legit logo i'm just gonna tell you right now thanks man i uh i looked at that thing i was like man it is just it just looks yeah it's just great job great yeah job. yeah thank you thank you it's a, a my brother um he has a co-worker he's a graphic designer he's the one that basically did a whole like branding thing um shout out to al nevada he's awesome <laughs> he did he he really did a great job yeah he's a great guy um awesome to work with and um, um basically vrg studios it started because um you know i'm always in my sound and the sound that i went to the career my brother is a, a business management uh career too so one day he just came up to me he's like hey man like let's let's partner up like i'll run your business side of things you run the sound things on uh, a side of of the company let's start something and I was like, well, yeah, you know, because I started doing freelance here and there, but I was so caught up with all the projects and then having to deal with the management. It was just like it was just too much for one person that when my brother came, I was like, hey, dude, let's do this. I was like, all right. And so we ended up calling VRG Studios because, you know, my last name Vergara, my brother, you know, so it's kind of like VRG, kind of like a, a abbreviation of Vergara Studios. Yeah. Uh, and the logo is if you really look at it, it's two V's in one because of the two Vergara brothers. Ah, so nice. yeah um and and it's just a uh it's basically a, a studio uh business that we we do uh sound for films and everything that i've i've all done podcasting um recording music and uh and live events as well so um and i go and uh i also if churches are having issues with with, the, with their sound and stuff then they call me and i go in and, and i kind of do like a kind of like go in there and assess so i'm like okay this is what's happening this is the issue you have this is how you fix it you can kind of hire me and i can fix it for you or you can go and see if you have somebody else that you want but this is what i recommend kind of thing kind of like consulting type thing that we do on that so wow i didn't realize you did all that stuff yeah yeah i kind of using all the experience that i've had you know doing broadcasting doing film uh sound for films and now doing all the av work that i'm doing just kind of all in one with uh with vrg studios uh, aside from being a uh, interim technical director now, <laughs> yes, your your newest uh, my newest position. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool, man. I love that stuff. I'm gonna make sure and share all that uh, stuff so people can can find you and follow you on all the stuff. Yeah, appreciate that. Thank you. Man. Yeah, man, I love it. I think it's good stuff. Yeah, I think this this episode's like really important to me 
not only to talk to you, but just to talk mm. about like that there's so much more that goes into church than mm-hmm. just somebody standing up there playing a guitar and somebody else speaking, right? There's like yeah. there's like this whole background to what you do. How do you see your ministry in all of that? Like how God uses your skills and and, and whatnot. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I as soon as I started doing sound for for church, one of the things that I started noticing the importance of tech was because we help amplify the main message, which is you know Jesus saves, and it's it was so it was and it's so you know into into everybody's testimony, but more for me because it would literally save me from where I was before to now, and I want to be I want them to really amplify and and uh, project that message. And so in the tech wise, our I always tell my guys that our responsibility is to to present the gospel in a way where it's not distracting for people. So if you have vis- if you have visitors for the first time, if you have people that never knew anything and they come to your church and something is distracting in the tech that is it's it's getting in the way of that message getting to them then it's it's a problem you know because if if the sound is having issues and and like you said you get those chair turns turned back to the sound booth and it's just like their their focus is not where it needs to be so the importance of of having uh good people back there and people that are really committed to to that same calling i guess or that same vision of hey the most important thing is is it's preaching gospel and and being there and and being able to serve with them hand in hand and just be like, hey, man, we're a team, you know, um, really, really um, try to get the least distractions possible so that the main message can be glorified that day. And that's basically what I've always said to my guys every time they somebody comes in, I kind of explain, you know, they go through the whole technical type thing and everything. And at the end, I'm just like the most important thing you got to know when we're here on a Sunday it's yes we have a camera yeah it may seem like it's we're putting up a show but we're not putting up a show we're doing something that when the person sits in those pews or in those chairs that they hear and they see and that they they know the presence of the lord and then then the message that it's getting to them and it there is nothing that's going to get in the way of that happening and if we're in control of that in that sense we're not getting in the way of that happening if anything we're going to amplify and we're going to help it get there so that's one of my main things for being a sound guy and how important it is on a serve in a service. And, and man, it's a lot of hours that go into it, but at the end of the day, it's worth it because we know that at the end of the day, people are being saved. Yes. I just want to say, amen over and over and over <laughs> yeah, again. Yeah. That's such good stuff, yeah, man. Cause it, I, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and I always struggle, you know, people kind of make fun of, of, you know, bigger churches and they have shows going Mm -hmm. on and, you know, there's lights and all that stuff. And I, um, I think what you said is just perfect that we're trying to get the message across and like the best way. And like, you are very, very good at like technical stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you bring those skills to, uh, church and you use them for God's glory. Exactly. I and mean, that's, that's like, yeah, that's it. Man. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I always tell my guys, like, you know, if, if it may seem like they're doing a very minimal job, you know, and it, one of the, one of the areas that we have is it's a, a camera shader, you know, so it's basically putting, uh, controlling the irises of the cameras that we have. And if you're just sitting there and only when the video director tells you, Hey, you know, shade over here or bring that. 
yeah, it may seem minimal, it may seem like you're not doing anything, but at the end of the day, like you're making sure that the cameras are the optimal lighting exposure so that the 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 message that's going going to be recorded and then it's going to be posted later or it's live streaming it's at the best possible way so that there's no distractions so at the end of the day yeah. it's not just sitting there waiting for it to think but you know maybe look at, at where that camera is being put like in preview or whatever or in preview meaning like it's going to come up next on live kind of thing Look at if it if it, if it's gonna be in preview, then shade it before the guy tells you, and kind of be like you know just follow the rhythm, follow the the flow of how things are going, and just get into it because at the end of the day, like I said, like it, we're trying to eliminate distractions from gospel being amplified and being shown uh, there. So yeah, that's I totally agree. That's good stuff. That is uh, good stuff. It's also uh, very. It's not only technically mm-hmm. complicated, but you have to pay attention at all times. Yeah. Like there's never, there's no downtime when you're back behind a board or on cameras or whatever, because literally something could go wrong at, at any. Yeah, second. definitely. Like I said, one microphone can be kept open and all of a sudden it just, it just starts feeding back for some reason or um, like with wireless mics nowadays, um, uh you know, you can have some uh, radio frequencies being interfered and stuff like that. So you always got to be uh, just sitting there being a tent uh, of, of things that might go wrong. And I think just for being a sound guy, I think it's always, always um, thinking ahead, Okay, you know, kind of being like, okay, this can go wrong, that can go wrong, that can go wrong. I can fix it like this, 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 this. Always having like a plan B type thing because, you know, yeah. we, we have so little time to actually get it to fix it. And to cause minimal right. uh, distractions so that we always have to be thinking of, okay, this is what's going to happen next. This is what's going to happen next. If this happens, you know, always having like, if this goes wrong, I'll fix it like this. If that goes wrong, I'll fix it that way. Or it out, yeah. if I can't fix it this way, then I'll grab that and just scratch that and then do this thing. You know, so always kind of be troubleshooting as you go before it happens. Because if it happens, it happens and it, it, you have literally five seconds to get it done. Otherwise... You're always the one that gets blamed at the end of the day. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 It's good. I, I, I know that so much. So, um, <laughs> all right, dude. Well, this has been fun. Let's, uh, jump into our final two questions. You, uh, you good with that? Yeah, definitely. All right. So, uh, the first question is what is the strangest job that you have ever had? Oh man. Strangest job. I don't know if it's safe to say. Uh, <laughs> um, I was a bar bag at a nightclub. Really? Yeah. All right. How long did you do that? Two years. All right. So what made that strange? I'm sure you have some uh, decent stories from all that. Uh, well, it was a gentleman's club. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you win. Again. You win. Yeah. Again, it was before before I came to the Lord. So now you can see where the Lord really got me out from. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. All right. Well, there you that's go. That's the strangest one. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know what? That tops that tops the list for the podcast thus yeah. far. So congratulations. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Thanks. Congratulations. Well, uh, I'm glad yeah. uh, Jesus got a hold of you. Uh, yeah. Uh, me too. Beautiful thing, man. Me too. <laughs> um, okay. So finally then. What is uh, one piece of advice you would give to somebody looking to bring God's kingdom more into their work? I would say, and I kind of lived it too, because I, when I was working at a post-production studio, it, it was it, it was a very worldly place. Uh, you know, it's like people talking in sentences that like three or four words are, you know, 
profanity and you know it's just like you kind of stand out so i would say not to run away from it hmm. actually kind of the bible says be in you know be in the world but not be of the world kind of thing so yeah like be there be light and salt um yeah surround yourself with christians so you know those are the ones that will encourage you and you need to keep that community um once somebody once told me a what do they call it? A lonely Christian is a dead Christian. Mm. So always be surrounded. If you there are other Christians within your environment, attach to them, you know, create that community. But don't shy away from opportunities to really share the the, the message of the gospel, to really share that, you know, Jesus died for them, that he took their place in the cross, that he gave us his place that he deserved, that we will never deserve, and that we can be that light and salt and not having to be obvious about it, but, you know, with subtleties, like, you know, they do notice the difference, you know, the, you know, people that aren't Christian, they, they will notice, even if you don't have to be vocal, Hey, I'm a Christian type of, but they, the way that you, you carry yourself, the way that you treat people, the way that you um, reflect God's word in your life, in your workplace they will come and they will ask questions. And I always say, just be ready for those questions and be ready for the Holy Spirit to open up and really give you the word that uh, you need to tell them. Because like it happened to me, I really needed to know that God loved me and that he died for me and that, hey, there's life. There is a purpose. Um, you're not alone. And so just be ready for those. Just be ready to bring the God's kingdom in that sense of uh, being on guard and just knowing that all those people out there, if you're not in a Christian environment, you are still needed to bring the gospel to those lives as well. Such good stuff, man. So well said. Thank you. Good, good. Well, thanks for making it happen. Uh, it's oh, so thank good you, to man. hang out with you a little bit. Yeah. More, yeah. So. I remember last time at that conference, it was awesome. And we got, we kind of hit it off. And when you start telling me how had a podcast, I'm like, dude, let's do something. Come on. You know, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, For sure. I'll try to make the sound as good as possible for All you. Right, thank okay. you. If you need help, so. let, let me, let me know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will need <laughs> help. <laughs> All right, buddy. All right. We'll talk See to you, later. man. Well, I hope you enjoyed this interview with Yair. Uh, go ahead this Sunday and give your uh, sound guy or girl a high five for me. Just uh, tell them thanks, you know, for all that they do to keep everything sounding good at, at your church. So uh, also, uh, I do have an email list that I'm about to start uh, really get going so you can stay updated now on on who's coming up in the podcast on on things you should know so this week i'm going to be launching a giveaway of some of our new theology of hustle swag for those of you who sign up for the email list you can find that at my website which is linked everywhere that i have so uh it's curryblandford.com you can find it there sign up and uh yeah win yourself free t-shirt uh so yeah until next time get out there and hustle